it out. That's Janet. UVM. Let me tell you once again, come down the fundamental. Oh! My goodness! Sorrenti hit that one from the parking lot. And Vermont has a 59-55. Hello, everybody, and welcome to All the Years, a podcast where we relive some of the greatest March moments with the very people who created them. If you missed the first episode last week, go back and listen to Northern Iowa legend Ali Farouk Manesh discuss his legendary three against Kansas. Also, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash alltheyearspod to sign up. Shout out to our Final Four and National Championship level patrons, Chris, Gail, and Andrew. Today's guest is former Vermont Catamount TJ Sorrentine. Sorrentine is best remembered for hitting his famous three from the parking lot against Syracuse in 2005 to propel UVM into the second round. But that shot meant more than just a 13 over 4 upset. It extended legendary Vermont head coach Tom Brennan's career by another two days. Sorrentine and I go in depth about that special season, the Syracuse game, and what his shot meant to that NCAA tournament. As always, if you haven't subscribed to all the years already, be sure to do so. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher with more to come soon. Rate and review us if you so choose. And for now, sit back and enjoy TJ Sorrentine reliving his one shining moment. TJ, to, to start, you know, looking back at this game, you know, against Syracuse first round of the NCAA tournament 2005, you kind of have to go all the way back to the beginning of the year. Um, because it, it was announced at the beginning of the year that it would be the last season uh, for your head coach, Tom Brennan. Now, you had been there for five years. You were a fifth-year senior to that point, so you had been with him uh, forever. How how did that kind of set the tone for the season? Yeah, we had kind of heard rumblings that he was thinking about uh, retiring uh, before the year or, or when the year finished, and uh when he did it before the year, uh, I don't think it came to a shock to any of us, um, but it just put a little more pressure on us to send him out uh, on top. And uh, that was, you know, it was always our goal to to get back to the NCAA tournament. We had gone two previous years, so we had always felt as a team, we had, you know, four senior starters, uh, that it was time for us to kind of take that next jump. So, like, the goal was always to not just get to the NCAA tournament, but let's try to make a run. Yeah, so you were, you know, did a fifth-year senior. You had been to the tournament twice already. You were there the, the previous two years uh, with Vermont. Both were first-round losses. You guys were favorites in the America East. Was it tough to kind of go through that season a third time just to just to get to March already? Were you feeling like you were playing for the NCAA tournament even long before you were there? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it was funny, like that whole year was just a, it was just a, a wild season. Uh, we ha- actually had ESPN following us around for uh, more than half the year. Uh, you know, they had a show called ESPN the Season, and we were one of four teams featured. So, like every Tuesday night, we tune into ESPN, ESPN two, and we'd be on TV, a little like thirty minute reality TV show. So, like we had a ton of different uh, things that were going on. Uh, throughout that year. And uh, just so to speak to your point, the buildup uh, was always there. Um, but, you know, being a seasoned veteran group, we knew we couldn't overlook steps. And, uh, you know, that that's the beauty of having experience. You, you know, maybe if we were, 
you know, June, even juniors, you know, we might not have realized that you, you just can't skip steps to get where you want to go. Cause that's a lot of times when you try to do that, that, you know, you, uh, you fall flat on your face and you don't get to your end goal. So we knew we couldn't skip any steps. Um, but there was a lot of, uh, uh hype and, uh, a lot of things that were, you know, building us up throughout that year for sure. Yeah, did, did that go to your head at all, having uh, ESPN around all the time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, we, I was a 21-year-old <laughs> kid, and uh, we, with even to this day, some of my, the best friends that, that I have in this world. Uh, so we we had fun with it, and our coach was, you know, he was the, the best coach you could ever play for uh, with, with the ESPN around. I mean, he loved it. He embraced it. He told us uh, to embrace it. You know, he was never one to – um, to, to run from expectations. He, he always said and spoke to us about it all the time. Like you guys got to embrace this. Like, don't be scared of it. This is, this is why you play. Uh, we want to be the hunted. We, we want, we want teams to give us their best shot. Like he was one of those guys that just, just pumped confidence in us and by the things he said. And, uh, you know, just having ESPN around that, that just gave us more confidence to be honest. Yeah. And I, I know, based on even, you know, what you just said now, but also uh, watching how you guys played that year and, you know, in preparing for this, watching that Syracuse game, um, you guys didn't lack for confidence whatsoever. And your first game of the season, you went to Kansas, went to Allen Fieldhouse, and you guys had Kansas on the ropes uh, late in that game. It Did that just kind of reinforce everything that you knew that this was going to be that kind of year for you? Yeah, I mean, that was one of those things that it was the first game of the year. Kansas was number one in the country. It was the ESPN game, and uh, we were going there to win. And I don't think a lot of people, you know, might have gave us a shot that early. Uh, we knew how good we were. I think some people around, uh, you know, the program and, you know, in the country knew. But, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people knew. Um, and, you know, we were under four minutes. We were up three. And, uh, you know, we had a chance to win that game. I, if I would have played a little better and made a couple more shots, we probably would have won the game. Um, but nobody really goes down to Allen Fields, especially in a non-conference, and gets a win. So that gave us a ton of confidence um, that you know we we could do something special. Even though everybody felt this was the year we could do it, for us to go down and perform like that, the first game of the year uh, gave us a, another huge boost. And then it's it's kind of reinforced a little bit after Christmas. You guys open up this huge winning streak. Uh, started with the game at Siena and then continued into conference play uh, really into mid-February before you guys lost again. But then you, you stumbled a little bit down the stretch, lost three out of six to end the regular season. What Did something happen uh, towards the end of the year? Did you lose your focus at all? Yeah, you know what? We had a lot of things going on. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, we played, uh, you know, BU. That was our first loss, if I'm not mistaken. It was at BU. They they had just opened their their new arena. Um, and, you know, we went there on a big winning streak, and they beat us. They beat us pretty good, and we didn't play well. And then uh, we had a bracket buster game. Uh, it, it was We were one of yeah. the top mid-major teams, and we, we they flew us to Nevada. <laughs> now, the way that um... – that that team was put together, that you guys were put together. It was you and Taylor Coppenrath were both like 20-point-per-game scorers, or yep. in Taylor's case, 25. And then you had just a bunch – you had a bunch of role players who were put in four, four or five a game, but it was you two who were the the big leaders of that team. Were you two uh, close? I know you're both seniors. 
Uh, was it weird having like that kind of dynamic as a team? Um, yeah, you know what? We were, we were super close. We lived together for three years, um, on campus. So, you know, we, we, we kind of had a, a great relationship and, you know, it's funny. I was player of the year as a sophomore and then, uh, I ended up breaking my wrist and getting hurt and sitting out my first junior year. And he, he won player of the year, uh, that year. So, so like I was coming back and, and he was, uh, he was the player of the year and I was the player of the year. And, and there was never any, uh, never any issue with that. I, we both we both knew we were going to get our shots. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a tribute to to the other guys on our team that just kind of filled their roles, and we had we had some great role players. Uh, some couple big wings, David Hayne from Canada and Jermaine Mopagila from uh, he was actually from went to prep school in Connecticut, but he's from Cameroon, and they were like six five, just just dogs on the wing. They would just play play so hard and defend, and if we needed to make a shot, they would make a shot. If we needed them to rebound, they'd rebound. Um, whatever we needed them to do, they would, they would just, they would just get it done. And, you know, they were seniors with us. So we were all in the same class. So, uh, we had a great relationship and, uh, you know, that's to me, that's what makes great teams. You have, uh, great relationships on and off the court. You know, the postseason finally does come. You truck Northeastern in, in the championship game, your conference tournament. And, and the reward is you have to play Syracuse now in the first round. And they just won a national championship two years before, um, you're the 13th seed. They're the four. What's your first reaction when you see your name at Syracuse come up? I'm fired up because I, I know they play that two, three zone and I was just fired up because I was going to be able to fire some threes away. So <laughs> for me, I was pumped. Um, I think the tenor around, you know, the watch party and just people who would call me and, you know, just, it was, Oh, you guys got a tough draw because Syracuse had just won the Big East tournament and they were hot and, you know, they had a good team and, um, some experience, obviously, you know, Jerry McNamara and Hakeem Warwick were their two stars and, um, you know, they, they had won a national championship. So it was one of those things where I think a lot of people had thought we kind of got a bad draw. Um, but we, as players, as a team, didn't really look at that, at it that way. And, um, me personally, I definitely didn't because I knew I was going to be able to fire some threes up. Yeah, the the first thing you mentioned is the two three zone. It's the first thing that anyone really thinks of when they think about playing Syracuse. You know it's coming. They've been playing that zone for thirty years, yet still people talk about it like it's this great impenetrable force. How, how did you actually prepare to go against that zone? They had a lot of length that team as well. That must have been tough to go up against. Yeah, I mean we we man we you know we we prepared and our coaches did a great job getting us ready and trying to get the ball to the middle and then play inside out and, uh, you know, steal a layup here and there if you can. Um, but ultimately you got to make some shots to beat them. Um, and I think we knew that. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things when you're out there playing against it, you, you know, when you watch it on film, you don't, especially that team, you don't really, uh, understand or feel how long they are to your point. Like, if you if you watch you know the first half and even into the second half like there was never one three-pointer I took 16 in the game and there was never one that was even close to the three-point line so you know I always tell people I got a lot of practice that game I took a lot of shots deep ones (laughs) yeah you you did and and you didn't really start to heat up from there until the second half and in, in the first half, I think the score at halftime was like 23 to 19. Yeah. Um, you were both teams kind of struggling to score. And, you know, watching you guys in the half court, you know, you, it was clear there was the game plan there. You moved the ball around a lot. You got the ball into the middle, tried to get 
uh, Hakeem Warwick out of um, out of the post. Uh, but but they were really disrupting you guys a, a lot, and you you stayed with them pretty tough. Uh, how did you manage to not let Syracuse go on an extended run themselves while you guys were trying to figure things out? Yeah, I think it was our defense. You know, we had a we had a veteran team, um, and we had we had good length ourselves. You know, the two guys six five on the wing, and then we were six nine and six nine in the post, and then myself. Uh, you know, I was the smallest guy, but uh, you know, we prided ourselves on, on playing good defense, and and that's what that's what kept us in the game. I think Kaki Morgan ended up with ten turnovers. We did a great job on him in the post, and. Uh, we just limited them uh, from kind of getting in the flow and ever getting away from us. Um, that was that was kind of the biggest thing. If we we knew if we could keep it close, we'd always have a chance. Just because we were a veteran and had a lot of experience, and we wouldn't get shook in the moment. So uh, it was one of those things. Yeah, our defense was was what kept us in games. You were down sixteen to ten, I believe. You went on a run to go up nineteen sixteen. Then Syracuse hits you right back, takes twenty three nineteen lead into the locker room, and I. Remember, I was reading um, someone uh, did an interview with you and you were talking about um, kind of your mindset going into the half of that game. And you you said something along the lines of it, it's better if, if we're down, but still in the game, because then we could take care of them in the second half. Was that the kind of confidence that you guys had? Yeah, you know, I think that just to speak to that point, um, you know, it was just one of those. And I've told this story before, like you said, but, you know, my teammate. Uh, my best friend, uh, Alex Jensen, we always sat next to each other before every game. And I, we always used to talk and I used to say, you know, what do you got for me? Um, and he used to give me his like synopsis of what's going to happen in the game and or what he thinks needs to happen or how we need to play. Um, so he just said, hey, we'll win this game if we're down at the half. And I'm, I kind of looked at him like, what? And it, did, it didn't really hit me till after the game. Obviously, we come into the half down 23-19. Yeah, I just we just look at each other and I just start smiling and laughing and um but you know, it makes sense more sense to me now and after the game just because, you know, with Syracuse if the, if if we go into the half and we're up, you know, twenty three nineteen and then they're gonna come out like like a ball of fire because they're losing at the half and um if you know, if they're up at the half and this was his this was his thought process, um, they're gonna come out and say, Ah, we got this game. You know, we we're, we're going to win this game rather than coming out, you know, down and and getting getting lit up at halftime by their coach. You know, I think, and I, I don't. I'm not saying they felt this way. I'm just saying that's that was that was our thought process behind us being down at the half <laughs> and his thought process. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. You know, hey, they could have came out and went on a six zero run right from the start, and then we would have been done. So. You know that being down at the half, it didn't look, wouldn't have looked so well at that moment, but it didn't happen, and uh, it worked out. And sometimes, uh, sometimes things do like that. Yeah, and you know, without trying to um, kind of put yourself in into their mindset, because I I know you said it's not really fair to do that. You guys were still really able to frustrate them in the second half. They didn't come out um, and put a run on you guys immediately. And, you know, you, you mentioned all the turnovers. Um, Warwick was a senior, and I, you said he had 10 in that game. Um, you guys kept that defensive intensity up the entire game, and it seemed like down the stretch it may have started to wear on you a little bit. You really slowed the ball down, worked 
a lot of the shot clock. Uh, were you guys getting tired towards the end? Yeah, I wouldn't say tired. I think just just smart. You know, I think we we knew we needed to limit the possessions in the game, um, and then to be honest, just make make a couple shots. You know. So we were defending really hard and they make it work and they had some great players on that team. Um, so yeah, we, we were getting, I'm sure we were getting worn down um, to a point, but you know, in that moment in the NCAA tournament, you don't feel, you know, an ounce of being tired. You know, you just don't, if you look, yeah. you look at the box score, I mean, we all played over 40 minutes, four of our five starters played over 40 minutes um, with the overtime. And then, you know, you play two days later, um, fortunately for us. And I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't tired at all, you know, I, I, and I, I bet to a man, every guy would say the same thing. So it's just the emotion of the NCAA tournament is, is something, something that uh, unless you get to experience it, you really just, you know, you can't explain it. So I kind of, you know, to that, to that point, I don't think it, you know, we were tired, but um, I think it was more, we were just kind of trying to be smart and get the best shot possible and limit the possessions in the game. Yeah, one of the guys who was able to really do that for you guys on both ends, uh, making huge plays defensively and also hitting some big shots. Uh, Jermaine Mopajila had like the game of his life. He was uh, nine to ten uh, from the field, had twenty points, had that steal uh, right before you hit your shot. What do you remember from him in that game? Yeah, you know, I mean, he it's funny, like he could really play. Uh, he, he was really talented offensively. And if you came to a pickup game in our gym, uh, preseason or postseason, you'd be like, oh, like, he's the best player on your team. Uh, he was just had a knack to play really well uh, when given the opportunity. And I was so happy for him just, just getting that opportunity on the big stage to show what he could do. And he stepped up, uh, obviously, nine for 10. I think he had four steals. Um, and he kind of showed showed everybody what he could do and what he was capable of, but he just played a role for us. And that was the role we needed him to play uh, in order for us to be successful throughout the year. And that was being a, a defender, a rebounder, uh, making an open shot when he needed to. Uh, unfortunately for him, uh, me and Taylor took most of the shots. And uh, fortunately for him against when we played Syracuse, uh, we didn't, you know, we took our fair fair share of shots, but some shots opened up for him, some 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 lanes opened up for him, and he took advantage. And uh, you know, he he kind of bailed us out because he played uh, he played the game of his life, and uh, we don't win that game. I, I think everybody knows this. If he doesn't step up and play the way he did on both ends of the floor, oh, for for sure. And and another, you know, another place where maybe you might not have won the game if things had gone differently at the end of regulation. Uh, Jerry McNamara has a chance to win the game. He also, he also had a chance to put them ahead at the end of overtime as well. And both times you guys defended him really, really well. And looking back on it, it was it, it was pretty jarring for me to see it because I kept thinking, you're going to get, not you specifically, whoever's guarding him is going to get called for a foul. Um, you guys were playing you know, two green jerseys so uptight on him as he's taking the ball down the court for that last shot. What you guys have had to have known how clutch McNamara is at that point. And was it just stop him from scoring on both of those possessions? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, stop him from scoring and holding your breath, you know, cause anytime, yeah. he, anytime he could get a shot up, you know, you knew, like you said, he was clutch and you knew he could knock it down. So, 
uh, yeah, it was a little bit of stop him, but uh, a little bit of uh, hold your breath and, and just hope he misses, you know, because he was that good of a player uh, that he could get a shot whenever he wanted. And, and you knew he made big shots. And fortunately for us that night, he uh, he did knock him down. Yeah, you, you were the one who made the big shot. And I'm sure you've been asked to, to think back to that possession a, a million times. And I'll, I'll ask you to do it here. Just t- take me through your thought process, that entire possession. I know you had the ball, I think about 25 seconds on the shot clock is when you got it. You waited until there were eight seconds left to hoist it. Uh, how did that all play out in your mind? Yeah, I just, you know, once I got the ball, I knew it was a, a big time possession. We were up one and, it, you know, ideally I was trying to get it under a minute just to kind of limit the possessions. Um, and, you know, coach was trying to call a play and it was one of those plays where I had to give it up. And I kind of just looked at him and just waved him off. And, and it was like, I'm not, there's no way I'm in my head. I'm, I obviously couldn't say it during the game, but he knew by the look that I gave him. And if you see it on film, he actually sits down and he says it best. He says, I knew what he was going to do once, once I sat down. So I sat down and just started root forward to go in. Um, so I, I just, I kind of just didn't want to give the ball up because I wanted to get it to a, a two possession game. And I knew if we could get to a two possession game, you know, under a minute, we'd have a great chance to win the game. So, uh, you know, I was dribbling the ball at the top of the key. I really didn't know how far out I was, but like I said before, I had taken 15 threes prior to that all from deep. So I had a ton of practice. Um, so it didn't really matter where I was on the floor because, you know, I knew I could get the ball to the rim. So my biggest concern was the two guys at the top of the zone and not getting close enough to me where I couldn't get the shot off. So I just kind of was dribbling and dribbling. And I said to myself, whenever they get close enough where I feel they can get to me or prevent me from taking a shot, I was going to let it fly. And uh, that's kind of, that's what I did. And uh, the rest is history. Thank- thankfully it went down. So then I have to ask, what was the play supposed to be? Do you remember? Yeah, just a just a like a play against his zone where I hit, go through. I end up, I end up. It was coming back to me. It was it was a play called red, and basically it was for me to get a flare screen and, and shoot a three on the wing. Um, it, it's just you know I can absolutely make that shot, but I'd rather shoot one from uh, straight on top of the key. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, for sure. Now. That the confidence that you had, you were just talking about it, being able to wave your coach off like that. Does that happen if you hadn't started to heat up in that game? Because you were cold in the first half, and you hit like three or four of them down the stretch. And did that change your mindset at all? Uh, no, 100%. I was going to keep firing them. Uh, every time I came out uh, or there was a timeout, um, we came to the sideline. It was, all I heard was, keep shooting, keep shooting. Uh, it was from my teammates, from my coaches, and – and there was no way I was going to stop shooting. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those moments and one of those things where, you know, you've worked your whole life to get to that moment. And, uh, you know, your teammates have trust and faith in you and you don't want to let them down. So you, your mentality always has to be um, the next one's going in. And uh, that was always my mentality. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. If you, some of my shooting numbers uh, weren't so great <laughs> games but you know I never lack for confidence and that always came from uh the the time I put in the gym so uh, my teammates knew that how hard I work so it was never a question of me taking shots or how many shots I took um and that was the, that was the beauty of our team we had a we had such great chemistry and uh 
you know, I, I'm so thankful for my teammates for allowing me to do that. Did you know that was going in when you released it? Yeah, when I released it, I knew it was going down. I, I just, it, I just, it felt, it felt really, really good. I would have been shocked if it, uh, if it didn't go down, um, because it did feel really good. It's funny. The next day we went for shoot around, literally from the same spot. I, I missed that thing by like five feet. I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even reach it. You know, like I said before, it's that the NCAA tournament, man. It's nothing like it. And you know, the crowd, you know, was in Worcester and. You know, it was such a close game, and you know, obviously, so we had the fan. You know, we had the fans. I mean, Syracuse had a ton of fans in there. They're, they're, uh, the basketball is religion to them, and they, and you know, they have a great program, and you know, but you know, when you're the underdog the, in the NCAA tournament, the fans uh, tend to side side with you, and, and that place was rocking, and uh, the emotion of it all um, kind of willed that shot to go down. Yeah, it's, I, I'm glad you bring that up because Syracuse and Vermont as well are two fan bases that are known for traveling really, really well. Uh, saw it with Vermont uh, when they were at Hartford uh, a couple of years ago. They brought a ton of people. Uh, what was it like playing that close to home in the NCAA tournament? And, and did you feel like you really had the home court advantage once you got everybody on your side? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, we got to take a bus down. Um yeah, we didn't have to hop on a plane. It was an easy ride down uh, to Worcester from Vermont, um, and then you know we had a great fan base anyway. We had we had been, been good for a long time. Fortunately, we got the, the program going, and so this is our third year. So I think you know everybody was super super fired up and super excited. Uh, so we had a great contingent down there with us anyway. Uh, but once that once we once that place got rocking, it was it was cat, Catamount Country all day. So. Um, you know, we were again. We were fortunate to be placed in Worcester, and um, you know, being so close to home that that definitely gave us a huge boost. No question about it. You hit that three timeout call immediately. Do you remember what was said in that timeout at all? And did you feel like that was the shot that won you the game in that moment? Yeah, you know, I have no idea what was said in that timeout. <laughs> I wish I did. Uh, I think it was more so just like. Uh, you, the excitement. I mean, you see our coach. Our coach was, you know, the famous shot of, uh, you know, him holding his yeah. hand up and uh, Gus Johnson on the call. <laughs> like, I think the exuberation. I mean, the team sprinted out. I remember that. I was like backing up. I was on the other side of half court, and I just get swallowed up by like you know six or seven teammates. You know, almost picking me up and carrying me off the court. I think I I, I tend to think I was serious at that moment because I knew there was a minute left, and that's how I always was. Uh, I was just kind of one of those guys who would never let my guard down until till the the end of the game. Um, so I, I I tend to think I was probably yelling at my teammates like uh, game's not over, something to that effect. But who knows? I, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, like you said, there there was still like a minute left, and Syracuse still had its chances to win the game. But your shot is remembered so many years later. Um, you know, as this great March Madness moment. And I know, you know, part of that is because you were 30 feet out. Part of that is because it was a great call from Gus Johnson. And then part of that is the uh, that great image of your coach with his hands in the air uh, right after that. But then, at what point did you kind of realize the, the enormity of, of what you had done uh, in that context? Yeah, I think the next day when they uh... – you know, obviously that night was, was awesome. People calling. And back then it was like, it was, uh, your cell phone was, 
you know, we had like these little small, so you, you really wouldn't even text, you know, just like these small phones and just kind of a touch phone and uh, just the phone just blowing up at all night. But it wasn't until like that next day, um, you know, when we, we CBS had us on there, uh, you know, live at like, you know, 11 in the morning before the game started up and, you know, they're in the studio where they got the camera on us at the, at the arena before our shoot around. That, that was something I'll never forget. That was really cool. Um, and that, that's one of those, like, you know, you watch the tournament, uh, all the time growing up every year, growing up and, you know, for you to be on TV that next day after a big win in the first round, um, is like, ah, oh, man, we, this is, this is something special right here. You know, this, this is really cool. Yeah. And, you know, even though you, you end up losing the next game, uh, to Michigan state, um, but when you get back to campus what what's the mood like there after what you had accomplished and did anything change for you yeah you know what's funny it's Worcester I live in Pawtucket Rhode Island so Worcester was like 40 minutes from my house so I didn't even go back to campus I went right home Uh, I was pretty upset uh, after the game just because you know that was my last college game and you know, for me, I was just such a competitor. I wanted to keep going. I really thought we had a chance to make a, a deeper run, and I was, I was upset we didn't win the game. Um, so I went home. I didn't even go back to campus, and um, uh, it actually worked out because we had spring break that following week. And then, you know, when I got back to campus, it was uh, man. I, you know, coach says it all the time. He hasn't he he, he hasn't uh, paid for a meal in Burlington since. I <laughs> I definitely didn't pay for one for that for the to finish out that year. That was uh that was something else. We had a we had a great time that 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 spring uh of our senior year and uh you know just enjoying it with everybody. Everybody was so excited and that was a uh, definitely one of the best times of my life uh looking back at it. You still have a lot of people uh come up to you and say you hit that from the parking lot? Yeah, all the time, especially around March Madness, you know, it's, uh, it's funny now just me coaching and, uh, you know, kids don't really, kids don't know who I am. It's more the parents, you know, they're like, I remember that shot you hit, uh, you know, so that's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. It's, it's always good to have a talking point and just be able to try try to talk to, you know, young kids and about that, that feeling, you know, I've talked about it a bunch on this, uh, this podcast, but that feeling of being in the NCAA tournament is like no other. And, uh, that's what you, that's what you should always strive for. And, and, uh, you'll never forget that feeling, uh, as I, as I still have not forgot it today. Fast forward all, all the way to now you, you're an assistant coach. Now you're at, uh, at Brown. So near where you're from originally, how are you liking coaching? Yeah, I love coaching. You know, I love it. It's, uh, you know, just to be able to impact these kids and, and, uh, you know, on and off the court, I love to, uh, the development phase of, uh, of basketball and life is, is something I love. I'm the son of a coach. So my dad coached me in high school. Um, so I grew up around it, saw how he impacted so many lives and wherever we went, somebody knew him. Uh, he was a high school coach for 40 years. So, uh, he coached a lot of, a lot of kids and it's funny. I, it's one of my, one of the memories as a kid growing up all the time, everywhere we went, no matter where we were, somebody knew who he was. And I always felt like that's, that's the type of person I wanted to grow up to be and just have an impact on, on people's lives the way he did. So hopefully I'm doing that. Um, I love our guys. I love, I love our team. I love Brown, uh guy I work for Mike Martin. He's he's a dear friend and he's one of the best in the business and uh, I'm fortunate to learn from him every, him every day. So 
uh, yeah, it's been awesome. I, I can't can't speak more highly of my experience. And are, are you okay if uh, you have a player that waves you off to take a thirty footer? I'm okay with it, Coach Martin. <laughs> he's he he's he has voiced that to our guys. Um, <laughs> you know, if they uh, if they look at me on the bench, I'm giving them the go ahead, go ahead. But if they look at him, they get in the oh 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 hold on. So uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, he has voiced that you you, you don't. Don't wave me off like your like your your coach did to his coach. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So listen, I want to thank you for for doing this with me. I had a great time talking with you. I hope you uh, enjoyed uh, thinking back to to that game. It, it was so much fun watching it. Yeah, man, this was awesome. I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on, Russ. And uh, you know, anything uh, anything you need or anybody listening needs, uh, shoot me an email. My email's on the website and. Um, all good. All good here. Once again, a big thank you to TJ Sorrentine for joining us. If you want to hear content from this podcast that did not make the final cut, support us on Patreon for some deleted extras and additional perks. Again, that is patreon.com slash all the years pod. Also remember to subscribe, rate, and review the pod if you have a moment. In either way, we will see you back here next week when we welcome our first women's guest of the year in Charlotte Smith. We talk about her national championship buzzer beater for North Carolina in 1994. And until then, have a great week.